Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Wednesday. My bad, it's actually Tuesday, July 16th, 2019, and you know what that means. It's time to get nerdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 109 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I've got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity 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 Mac, also known as Maction. Mac, how are things, man? Things are going great. This is just a fantastic day in particular because we are doing our show and my wife and I, Mrs. The Mac, we are celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary. What? Why didn't you cancel, dude? You should have been like, Lom, I don't got time for this. Are you kidding, Lom? We canceled last time. And you know what? Uh, Above all, while this show, while I do enjoy the fact that we're celebrating an anniversary, the only thing better than having an anniversary is bragging about your marriage. So, Brag. um, Brag away. 10th wedding anniversary, y'all. 10 years. We made it. Actually, the actual anniversary isn't until tomorrow, so it's no biggie. Uh, But we've just been, you know. that's totally different than it being today. You totally misdirected the whole audience and myself. Absolutely. We've been taking the past several days to sort of celebrate it, just kind of, you know, relaxing. And and Mrs. The Mac and I, we've just been sort of doing this whole, like, no real plans. Just take time off from work. Uh, go do things like get a massage. Mr. Nice Guy, we got a massage today, a couple's massage. Nice Guy, when was the last time that you had a massage? Oh, man, it's been a while, but I know that they're always fantastic. Yes. Well, I mean, sometimes you can get some cruddy masseurs or masseuses. Um, where we live, there is actually a school that teaches massage. I remember. And so you can, yeah, you can usually get a massage crazy cheap um, if you, you know, because they are always needing people to learn on. So sometimes you can get someone who's not great, but we just had a great massage today and now then let, we ate what we wanted i mean it's just been a whole wonderful weekend the whole weekend has been like this dude that's really cool so you lied to me but because you're having so much fun i'm gonna let it slide so happy anniversary hashtag happy 10th anniversary to mr and mrs mac that's pretty exciting man now what are you gonna do tomorrow on the actual day of um well we're you've going done it to- all already we're going to travel a little ways. We actually, so uh, as you know, M- Mrs. The Mac uh, runs a nonprofit. Um, there are some obligations tomorrow that, uh, unfortunately, she and I are going to have to handle, which is a little disappointing, but it gets us, you know, about 100, 150 miles away. So we're going to, you know, just enjoy the trip back and, uh, you know, Eat what we want, stop where we want, go window shopping. We're going to treat ourselves, I think. Hashtag treat yourself. But in all honesty, a lot of it has been lately, Mrs. The Mac has been working um, 11-hour days, and uh, that doesn't leave a lot of time to be, you know, to be together. So, like, this whole weekend has been really, really... It feels great because it's just the two of us without... You know, without any work. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Good for you guys. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as it's just us doing something together, it's kind of great. (laughs) It is, dude. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. So, 10 years and it's only getting better. Good for you, man. I'm happy for you. Well, what have I been up to, man? Lots of stand-up, lots of streaming on Twitch. 
Um, went to a White Sox game a couple weeks ago. That was fun. Did I tell you about that already? No, I haven't heard about it. There's really nothing to tell other than the fact that I went to the game because the game was low scoring and the White Sox lost. So, um, but still fun, you know, went with the kids, went with some family. So that was good. Um, playing some games, Mac, but we'll talk about that later. And Milwaukee Comedy Festival coming up, getting booked on other shows, got a couple podcast appearances coming up that I won't announce quite yet. Um, but you've seen me do a podcast other than ours. So yes. you know how I bring the heat. When I when I do a podcast, you know, I'm, I'm a decent podcaster and an even better podcast host. So we'll talk about that in the upcoming days. But, Mac, I say we do what we do best and hop right into the gaming news, man. What do you think about that? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode number 109 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Uh, we're going to start off with some gaming news. And it was a, it was a good week for news, Mac. Um, you know, we didn't do the show last week due to conflicts of scheduling, but there was one piece of news in particular that really stood out. So we're going to bring the heat and just start straight away with some news about the new Nintendo Switch that's coming. So um, Nintendo has effectively announced a Nintendo Switch Lite, and they answered nine questions about it. This is on IGN, written by Jonathan Dornbush. It says Nintendo announced the first major new iteration of its hit Switch console, the Nintendo Switch Lite, earlier this week. With it came details of the Nintendo Switch Lite's price, color, options, specs, and more. But the reveal also left us with plenty of questions about some of its technical capabilities. So we sent our answers along to Nintendo for clarification. I think it meant to say we sent our questions, but anyway. On whether the Joy-Con-less Nintendo Switch would still wirelessly support Joy-Con and Nintendo Switch Pro controllers whether any alterations of the Nintendo Switch OS would be made and many more. Now, Mac, before we even get into these questions that they ask, because we're not going to read all of them, we'll just read a few. Did you hear about this new Nintendo Switch? And what are your I, thoughts on it? I did. It was impossible not to hear about them. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... As a non-Switch owner, is this attractive to you? Uh, no, but I can tell you that there are probably a lot of non-Switch owners for whom it is attractive to them. And I don't know why it would be, because it basically does the same things that the Switch does. It just has built-in Joy-Cons, and it cannot be docked to a larger screen, so it's it's solely portable. So I, I guess other than the fact that it's cheaper, I don't know why it would be more attractive. It does have a D-pad rather than just the four buttons, directional buttons. But to me, it's, it's the same thing, you know? And, and you know, as crazy as it sounds, I have heard a lot of people saying that you know, cheaper is important to them, but they were mostly using their Switch for, you know, for on-the-go experiences anyway, so it didn't bother them that they couldn't really dock it to things. So the cheaper and, you know, it being built for being on-the-go was kind of great for them. So well, don't, don't, different strokes right. for different folks. You're exactly right, and don't get me wrong, because $100 off of a $300 piece of equipment is significant, and $100 is a lot, so... I get that, but I guess my thought is, if someone has a Switch, in other words, the only people who would really be attracted to this new Switch are people who already have a Switch. I don't think that there's been too many people who were holding off saying, I know the Switch is portable, but I wish there was only a portable version. I, I just don't think that there's as big a market for that as Nintendo thinks. Now that said, I follow a lot of different people, influencers on Twitter, and many of them were saying, I already own a Switch, but I want this. 
And I don't know if it's just because they're Nintendo fanboys and girls, or if there's something about the size and the battery life, or if it's just a new cool thing to have. To me, I already have a Switch that works portably. That was the whole selling point of the Switch, is that you could use it in both places. So this is what they're selling, Mac, in my opinion, is not a Switch. This is just a handheld, because it doesn't switch between the two. This is my opinion. So, let's read some of the questions uh, that the IGN folks asked Nintendo. Um, they said, Switch Lite will not work in docked mode, but will it still support charging through the official Nintendo Switch dock accessory or other licensed third-party accessories? And the answer is, users will need a USB Type-A or through Type-C adapter to use USB accessories. Nintendo recommends using officially licensed accessories. Interesting. So it won't charge okay, through the dock. so not through the dock. You'll have to charge it over USB. I can't imagine that... It- I can't imagine that being much of a detriment, really. Who doesn't have USB cables on hand? I, I agree, and, and who would have this Switch and want to charge it on the dock? Unless they already owned the other Switch, right? Yeah. this one doesn't come with the dock. So, uh, is the battery life on the Switch improved due to change in battery? Does it have a larger one, or simply due to energy demands on the Switch Lite? Answer, the Nintendo Switch Lite battery has been slightly improved from Nintendo Switch, although battery life will continue to vary depending on how the system is used. Now, Mac, this is a question that maybe you can answer because you're more of a tech guy than me. Are people still learning how to make batteries? Because I feel like every time a new iPhone comes out, every time an updated version of a console comes out, it comes with a better battery. And I can't believe that they couldn't have come out with that better battery before. Like, I can't believe that they couldn't come out with a battery that lasts 100 hours if they wanted to. Well, Mr. Nice Guy, interesting you should ask. Um, But uh, my commentary on this doesn't come from me being a techie or a tech-type person, but actually from my chemistry background. Okay, let's hear it. um, I spent a long time part of my uh, undergraduate in chemistry working on uh, stuff related to batteries. At one point in time, I had this huge, I mean, enormous uh, Excel spreadsheet just of the various battery, you know, battery technologies that were available slash in development. And over time, lots of them have had, you know, like, uh, because every six months, three months or so, you'll see a news article about breakthrough at laboratory of in University of Michigan where they've done this, they've made this sort of thing, improvement in batteries, and it never seems to actually make it to the consumer side of things. So, um, long story, I've spent a lot of time combing through the various battery improvements that we see uh, announced that never seem to wind up making it there. And a lot of the new battery improvements tend to have problems in scalability. Um, You know, they can make it work on a small scale, but on a larger scale it doesn't work so well. Or maybe it's just too expensive to tool places in order to build batteries to that. Um, So the long answer to the very short question is that there's still much room to improve in batteries, but that uh, but that a lot of the improvement that we see between generations of devices, whether we're talking iPhone 9 to iPhone 10 or Switch to Switch Lite, 
tends to be a difference in streamlining the operating system and the programs so that it demands less resources on the battery. Other than that, it's just basically cramming a battery with more capacity okay. in there. And that makes perfect sense. Now, to, and, and I get that to cram a battery with more capacity would also increase the price of the console. Like, undoubtedly, there's no way that it wouldn't. So I get that. So that explanation, on point, Mac. Um, let's see if there's any other articles, or not articles, but any other questions on here I want to read. We're not going to spend too much more time on that. I think it's good that they're improving on it. Um, I don't think it's for me. Uh, I like what they did with the 3DS where they came out with a super cheap version that was harder to break for kids. Uh, I think that type of thing might be good for the Switch, but I don't know about this one. So, Now, I will say one way this could be useful, Mac, is there are some games where you kind of need to have multiple Switches uh, to be able to play, and rather than having to buy another $300 Switch, now people could buy a $200 one if they already have one but want two in their household. So... That's kind of a cool thing, especially if you're just going to use it portably. Yeah, you only need to be you only need to be purchasing uh, three Switch lights to make it uh, you know worth having that you know. <laughs> By Grabthar's hammer, what a savings! Good job, Nintendo. Good job. Um, well, moving on, Mac. Let's talk about some of the deals from Amazon Prime Day. Um, if you're okay with that, are you against sure. Prime Day? You cool with uh, Amazon? Uh, nah, uh, sorta. I mean, I'm a little bit ambivalent. I gotcha. So let me ask you this. I'll put you on the spot. Did you buy anything on Prime Day? Any purchases? Um, I have not yet purchased anything from Prime Day. You still have some time. So maybe we can convince you with this article. This is also from IGN by Seth Macy. Uh, it says Prime Day is almost over and it has been an exhausting journey of deals and savings. But we made it through together. That's what it says. I like to think that we're closer than before, but maybe that's just wishful thinking. Interesting way to start an article. Uh, let's just get to the deals. So PlayStation Classic, Mac, you may remember, I believe this was 70 or 80 bucks at release. It's now 19.99 on Amazon. Um, fantastic price if you want a PlayStation Classic. Uh, Turbo Graphics 16 Mini is out for pre-order for 99.99. Okay, that being said, I did actually pick that up, but I didn't think it was so much of a Prime Day thing as it was just that's when they put it up for pre-orders. Yeah, did you get it on Amazon? I did because that was the only place where I think the pre-orders were held. Um, when I went to the, you know, when I went to the site specifically for it, looking for it, the only place that they had the option to purchase was from Amazon. So, yeah, I did buy the pre-order there because no other options. Very good. Nintendo 2DS Mario Maker Edition for $69.99. Nintendo 2DS New Super Mario Brothers 2 Edition for $69.99. Mac, you can get a Respawn 110 gaming chair for $94.98. For those of you who may need a gaming chair, I have a pretty comfortable chair, so I'm all set. Uh, I do as you- I do as well. I uh, got a nice uh, a nice chair from a car, and then bolted it to a uh, you know to a chair stand that I already had. Cost me ten bucks. They even pulled it out of the car for me after I went around and tried all the cars in the junkyard and found one that I liked the seat of. So, uh, sure, sure, $100 for a gaming chair. Maybe just get yourself, you know, get yourself bucket seats from a a car. Hit up that junkyard. Yeah. You can legitimately get a good car seat for real. Awesome. And and also, I mean, hey, help get some of that reduce, reuse, recycle. You know, come on, guys. Save the Earth. Hashtag Captain Planet. Um, 
Next, our, our next deal is the Switch compatible SanDisk 400 gigabyte micro SD card deal for $44.99. It's a killer deal. Switch stuff takes up a lot of memory as I have found recently. Uh, 12 months of PS Plus for $39.99, three months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for $29.99, and then there's a bunch of games on sale. We're not gonna go through all of them. Uh, if you got something cool on Amazon Prime, let us know in the chat. Now, Mac, I got some feedback from one of our viewers last week. They said we haven't been acknowledging the chat as much lately. Hmm. And case in point, I don't have it pulled up, but we may want to focus on that a little bit uh, on this episode. I just don't have it pulled up right now because I'm reading the news stories. Yeah, no, I suppose that's fair. I I feel like I feel like we do a lot more acknowledging of the chat in the latter half. I agree the, of the podcast, but you know, I, I think it's definitely something we could work on. That being said, Uncle Ruckus, you know, thanks for being here. Thanks for keeping the chat hopping, man. Ruckus, and, I'm uh, pulling the chat up right ne- now. Some Nebraska Furniture Mart hype, yeah? Yeah? D- did he say something about Nebraska Furniture in the chat? That's where he got his chair from. Nice! Now, did you get a deal on that, Ruckus, or was it just kind of a standard uh, pricing thing? Let us know in the chat, because I may have to make a trip out to Nebraska just to see what kind of furniture they got. All right, moving on. Um, other news stories, 12 months of PS Plus for $39.99, which I think is a great deal. Uh, Xbox Game Pass, we already went over some of this stuff, and that's it. So, um, Mac, you still got a couple hours if you decide that you want to get that uh, that gaming chair and have two chairs, one for you and one for the missus, as you do those Minecraft dual streams. Uh, moving on to our next news story, guys. Let's talk about, and I got to remember what I was going to do for Topic of the Week so I don't do it accidentally right now. Let's talk about Ubisoft. Uh, they revealed their full lineup of games coming to Uplay+. Plus. Now, Mac, if you remember from E3, Ubisoft announced that they are going to be having kind of a online service, much like every other company in the world. And they finally announced the games that are going to be part of it. This is on GameInformer.com by Javi Gwaltney. It says, one of the big beats of Ubisoft's E3 press conference this year was the reveal of Uplay Plus, a subscription service that launches on September 3rd for PC and later on the Stadia that gives players access to the publisher's catalog of titles. Though pricing details were revealed, Ubisoft, or excuse me, yeah, it says they were revealed. Ubisoft has remained mum on the full lineup coming to the service. Today, the company revealed specifics. Ubisoft says more than 100 titles will be available on Uplay Plus, from old classics like Beyond Good and Evil to various Assassin's Creed titles. And I'm, I'm not going to read all these, but it has a lot of the Assassin's Creed games, all the Far Cry games, it appears to, I Am Alive, Might and Magic, Monopoly, Rayman Forever, Prince of Persia's, Silent Hunters, uh, The Settlers, which I've never played. All the Tom Clancy games, Ghost Recons, um, Rainbow Six, Splinter Cells, Watch Dogs, etc. So, uh, what do you think, man? Good or bad for the industry that individual gaming companies are starting to put all of their catalog into a pay-for-play service? Well, you know me, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm very old school. Um, I very much so am not a fan of especially the developments in gaming that rely on streaming services. I kind of barely tolerate Steam as is. Um, Uh, You're on Steam a lot, actually. uh, I have to call you out on that. For only one or two games, yeah. But, I mean, I tolerate them. Basically, well, I, I if I had my out. way, if I had Let's... my way, I would own physical copies of 
of all of my games because I'm just terrified of them going away. And I feel like, you know, spinning these off into these, uh, you know, uh, developer dependent things where you not only haven't paid for an individual game, you've just paid for a whole bunch of them, I think is just really a bridge too far for me. But please feel free to call me out. Yeah, I got to call you out. How many games have you played on Steam to completion in the past year? Um, do, do, three? Do, 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 do. What ones were they? Um, well, let's see. We'll say Chasm, because that okay. came. So that's it. Um, I'm going to say Stardew Valley. Okay. And what else would I have played to completion in the now, past Now, to completion year? is maybe a bad question, but, I mean, there's probably more games that you've put 10 or more hours into over the past year, right? Because I know you sure. played Celeste in the past yeah. year. Celeste, there we go. That's number three. And I know that there's more, and I bet if I pulled up your Steam right now, it would, it would beg to differ. And the smile on your face tells me that I'm right. Oh, you might be right. I mean, but I really don't like steam i i i don't like not having a copy of the game uh you know just having the license does not sit well with me but Understood. you know it is the reality and i, I can't hate really get around it. and ribs but i force myself to eat them mac mac is being disingenuous yeah. um in i'm my being opinion. exposed you've you've put me you've put me on notice and uh and it has not gone uh, gone unnoticed by our viewers thank you viewers for being on team nice guy um anyway thanks for everyone for being here by the way lots of people in here tonight um i want to kind of acknowledge some chat just because we're we're just that's the feedback i got so someone says why would anyone storm area 51 jeff goldblum and will smith already did that that's in reference to a group of people who are joking about street about storming area 51 on the interwebs mac have you heard about this i have what are your thoughts on it it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, let's just pretend for a moment that everyone was serious about storming Area 51. Um, it's a bad idea to try and overrun a military base. And while I think the optics of shooting people is a uh, is never a good or an easy thing, uh, I don't think it would end well for people who rushed a military base that has posted signs about don't come any further or get shot and tons of old wives tales about people who uh, get, you know, broke down somewhere on that road totally innocently and then had, you know, people descend and from the hills returned. and yeah, just stuff like that. It's like, I mean, you know, I'm just not that interested in going out into the middle of the desert. Uh, maybe yeah, what I'll do is I'll show up with a water truck and sell people water. Well, that's the thing is, like, people treat it like it's a game, and it's really not a game. Like, it's really serious. Like, if you do that, you're not coming home. It's kind of crazy. Um, shout out to everyone who's here tonight. Polywalk, Pazzy, Moocher, Spinis, Galvatron, Moocher. Did I say Moocher already? Uncle Ruckus. Everyone else who's in here, we really appreciate you guys being here. We're trying to talk more and more. Uh, to the stuff that you guys are saying in the chat. But, Mac, let's wrap things up from the news portion of the show um, with a quick story about Nintendo deleting a popular Super Mario Maker 2 level for vague reasoning on GameInformer.com. Did you already hear about this? I have. Good old Grand Poobah. 
Yeah, so tell me about it, because I honestly would just read the story. You could probably summarize it, or sure. I can read. So, uh, Grand Poobah is a uh, you know a, a a pillar of the Mario Maker and uh, and the speedrunning community, and uh, he ha- has had some issues in the past with uh, Nintendo deleting his Mario Maker levels, um, both in Mario Maker One as well as Mario Maker Two, and it's really been kind of frustrating for him as he's you know said so in live streams as well as on social media that you know he really feels like he's doing he's a part of the community but that is just he's not appreciated or you know they they delete his entire library of created levels and such uh during Mario Maker for Mario Maker One, and uh, it feels like the problem's getting worse, not better. Now that Mario Maker Two's out, and he doesn't really have any way to any recourse. At least that's where it was last uh, when I was reading about it, and it's uh, really kind of a shame because, yeah, I mean he's a he's a good guy, and he makes levels that I would never be able to beat. But you know, there are some masochists out there who are into that sort of thing, so yeah, more power yeah. to him. Yeah, I've seen there was one that was made with a bunch of flames. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but it was absolutely insane. I'll have to tweet you a link to it. But yeah, I wish they would just give him a reason why they took the level down. Uh, Maybe he's too good and maybe they don't want it to become a place for the creators, you know, where where individual creators are getting too much attention. But it's been kind of cool to see different high profile people make levels and just use their creativity. Um, The guy who designed Celeste made a few Mario Maker levels and I watched videos of them. They look phenomenal. So um, I think this is only a good thing and allowing people to create keeps the community going. Now, people in the chat say knowing Nintendo, they haven't sent him a seat. I'm shocked they haven't sent him a cease and desist. That's what Poliwa, or excuse me, what Galvatron said. Mucha said Grand Poobah is one of those names that always comes up during the Games Done Quick charity streams. Yeah. So, I don't know, Mac. It's sad to see, but it is what it is. Maybe we'll get more info in the coming weeks. That is our news for the week. Over to you, buddy. All right. Well, now that we've taken a look at things around us right now, let's take a look into the past. Um, I'm going to keep this a touch brief and actually focus on some more recent games for our video game history segment. Um, Since we broadcasted last, uh, we saw three games released that I want to highlight. One in 2016 released for the PC called Song of the Deep that I positively loved. Um... In general, it's, you know, I guess you could call it sort of the Metroidvania style in that, you know, you'll gain power-ups that'll let you go through different levels, but you play as a, it's uh, based on sort of uh, Irish mythology a little bit, um, and you play this, there's this lovely narration the whole way by this, uh, uh, um, by this woman with a, with a delightful uh, Irish accent as you're, uh, you know, going around. You're a girl in who's built a submarine because her father's gone out to sea and, uh, you know, and hasn't come back. So she goes out to find him. And along the way, you know, you get power-ups, you gain things. And it's... Um, and it's all takes place in these deep places underwater, and you'd expect it to be particularly cutesy, but it's... At some points in time, it's legitimately, you know, heart-pounding. And uh, a little... You know, some of the deep sea creatures moving around are really well done to the point that, you know, I mean, sure, it, it yes, it scared me a little bit, okay? There we go. That was the, the point of it. Song of the Deep was fantastic. I loved it. Um, but 
you know, it, it really felt uh, like a fresh take on an old, you know, on an old thing. Um, let's see. So that was uh, 2016 for PC, Song of the Deep. Um, also, oh, sorry, did you have something, Mr. Nice Guy? No, I'm just making faces at the people, uh, <laughs> pretending that my camera has frozen, being immature. Continue. Oh, okay. No worries. Um, so uh, in 2016, we also saw the release of Pokemon Go for the mobile devices, Android, iOS, and the like. Um, Pokemon Go, uh, I mean, what is there to say about Pokemon Go? Just that uh, it certainly was a delight to see something that started out as an April Fool's joke with Google Maps uh, turn into something real. And Some of my most fond memories of playing Pokemon Go Mac were while driving my car. Just thought I'd put that out there. Okay. Um, quick disclaimer, two nerds in a pod does not encourage the driving of vehicles while uh, playing Pokemon Go. Uh, you should consult your doctor and all that and see if Pokemon Go is right for you. Um, There's side effects also, but we won't get yes, into those. Yes, side effects include. But uh, the one that I think is probably the most fun is that Night Trap was released for the Switch um, in 2018. What I do think is funny about this particular one is Night Trap, as you uh, may or may not be aware, is one of the games that was mentioned during the congressional hearings in the you know, uh, late 80s um, about, or sorry, early 90s about video games being too violent. Yep. And it was crazy and ridiculous because nobody on that congressional panel knew basically anything about Night Trap and, uh, you know, or most of the games that they were railing against. But uh, one thing that was interesting is that during those congressional hearings, because it was at that point in time uh, released for the Sega, uh, for the Sega CD... Uh, Nintendo said uh, during, you know, testified during congressional hearings uh, to sort of distance themselves from the whole thing. They were like, well, Nintendo doesn't doesn't do games like this. And they and the president at the time said Nintendo will never have a game, have Night Trap or games like Night Trap on its consoles. So uh, so 2018 is when they they went back on on that. But, you know. Just just showing talk is cheap. But then again, of course, there was nothing wrong with Night Trap. It's just, you know, it's just uh, something fun to kind of poke out. But, uh, but yeah, the 2018 release in Night Trap. And that's what I had for video game history today. Fantastic. Well, it's time for our next segment, ladies and gentlemen. Time for the topic of the week. A segment where we talk about something relevant in gaming and give our opinions on it. And this is an interactive podcast, so tell us your opinions in the chat as we're reading this article. This one comes from IGN.com, and it's about GameStop creating a new store concept, Mac. This one's going to be right up your alley. Uh, it says, it's no, and this is by John Wilds on IGN. It's no secret that GameStop has had a rough few years financially. They saw a third quarter loss of nearly half a billion dollars last November, even after uh, selling Sprint Mobile for a cool $700 million. Recently, it had to stop searching for a new buyer with its stocks plummeting by over 25%. Obviously, something needs to change, and today GameStop announced that its new business-saving strategy is turning stores into unique experiences. The new direction is part of a partnership with colossal marketing company RGA and revolves around GameStop's long-held desire to reaffirm its place in the video game culture. Together, GameStop and RGA are developing and piloting new and streamlined physical store concepts, introducing new ways for gamers to try new titles before they buy them. 
Now let me just skip down because basically they're they're trying to come up with a way to offer retro gaming in their stores. And I think that they've already been starting to pilot this Mac by selling retro games on their website. Are you aware of the, the retro market that they've been operating? Uh, yeah, I've seen some of those. And actually, on some of the things that I've seen, it's been pretty good prices. Okay. Well, it says that they're also thinking about having store concepts that offer things like competitive sessions in homegrown e-leagues to locations that sell strictly retro gaming software and hardware. Um, so it sounds like they're trying to multitask, but offer retro stuff. Now, when you say good prices, what do you mean? Like, can you give me a vague example? Uh, you know, like a GameCube, uh, a used GameCube console for, uh, 30 bucks and a, one of the Game Boy attachments that would let you play Game Boy on your, uh, uh, on your GameCube for, uh, for something like $40 with the CD included. Okay. So, uh, okay. so yeah, pretty good, you know, pretty, pretty decent prices. I mean, now that doesn't mean that it, they are necessarily in stock at that time, but those are just kind of the list prices that I had seen in the past, or at least if memory serves. Now, people in the chat seem to have some strong opinions on this, and so do I. So Galvatron says, GameStop needs to redo their stores, but that won't save them. Unfortunately, gaming is marching steadily towards digital, and nicer stores won't change that. Pazzy160 says, recently Game UK equivalent to GameStop uh, has started giving up giving over up to half of the space in some of their larger stores for land-style cafes. I'm not sure if it's working, but it's interesting to see the pivot. Okay. And then Mutra says, the problem with GameStop is two things. One, everything is digital nowadays. When I bought my Switch, the guy tried to upsell me on a Mario Maker 2 pre-order when I knew I could get it later on the Nintendo eStore. And two, all adult gamers are wise to GameStop's terrible corporate culture. And that's exactly on, right. On the subject of number two, I think a lot of that has to do with the good work that Mr. Nice Guy has been doing for years, talking about the terrible state of, uh, of trade-ins and things of the like. Now, yeah, we yeah, can't yeah. give Mr. Nice Guy all the credit for that, but I think he deserves at least 35%. I do what I can. And, you know, to be fair, though, I have had some positive experiences when I go into GameStop. It just depends on each particular brick-and-mortar location. Now, Mac, here's my thing. Now, you remember when I used to live close to you, mm -hmm. and I was at one point thinking, you know what, I want to collect every single NES game. And I remember one time you and I went to several different thrift stores in the town, and we just looked for NES games, and I couldn't find any that I didn't already have or any that were not common, but I feel like that's the way to go, right? If you're trying to collect that type of thing, if you want that physical software, um, I feel like you know they have thrift stores that do it. Um, I mean, there, there's so many options to do it outside of GameStop, and I feel like a thrift store owner is less likely to know what they have as far as the value of it than a GameStop. So, um, are you saying uh, one of the problems with making a GameStop store a retro experience is that people will likely find better options at other places? That's the, exactly a, what I'm saying. Okay. Even eBay. Even eBay, mm. you know. And nowadays, with the internet, people can pretty easily figure out what games are worth when they're, they're selling things or when they're buying them. But I guess I just don't see... Ga GameStop feels like they're trying to revolutionize and do something new and i don't think they realize that this is already being done in so many places or they just don't care um once again mac we have an nes mini we have a turbo graphics mini we have an snes mini we have a sega genesis 
Um, we have a PlayStation 1, and we have Nintendo Switch Online. Um, people have ROMs. So the only people who would really be into getting this type of stuff are collectors, and those are the people who are smart enough to find good deals on it. So I don't know what GameStop hopes to achieve with this, but I think uh, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, we wish them the best of... Nothing but the best, but mm, seems a little weird to us. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. So um, we'll, uh, we'll move on. That's been our topic of the week, Mac. Back over to you, buddy. All right, well, let's take a little look at something crowdfunded. In a segment we call Kick or Kickstart. We go ahead and put something out for for you to look at. We'll drop a link in chat. We'll talk about some of the virtues, some of the vices, and at the end we'll say whether or not we think it should be kicked out of here or whether we think it should be kick-started. And we encourage you to weigh in as well and, of course, why. Now, this time around on Kick or Kickstart, um, sometimes these are sort of feast or famine weeks, right? And this is definitely a feast week. There were probably about six different Kickstarters uh, that we could talk about. Oh, really? Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, But before we do that, I just want to page back because we talked last time about a thing called Orange Island. And uh, there was some clarification that, yes, the NES ROM of the game would be included if you got any copy um, if they met the stretch goal to make the actual physical cartridges. And they did meet that stretch goal. So if you're going to get Orange Island uh, backing at any level that gets you the game, will also get you the NES ROM. That's so awesome. So you can play it, you know, the way it was originally intended to be. So um, with that being said, I also have to make a quick diversion that there was a Kickstarter for build for making a Pokedex. Basically, it was, uh, you know, it was basically $112, and I'll drop the link to this Kickstarter. It's not the one we're going to talk about today because it's been canceled. Surprise, surprise, because they were making a Pokedex and didn't have the rights to do anything of the sort. Um, although it looked cool, and it was kind of awesome, and I had always wanted a Pokedex, so even though it was impractical, and I knew from the moment I saw it that it was never going to make it all the way there, um, it would have been really kind of fun to have a physical crack-open Pokedex ready to rock and roll. And at $112, that actually, assuming that it was, say, I don't know, a Raspberry Pi and a touchscreen and things like that. It would have been cheaper than I could have bought the components and assembled it myself. So definitely would have been cool. Uh, so, you know, we'll play a round of taps for uh, for the Pi decks that never, that hasn't made it. Um, so now on to the actual Kickstarter that I wanted to show every, wanted to show everyone today. Um, this one is actually uh, meant to be a little bit spooky, meant to be uh, scary, and uh, a touch disgusting. So, fair warning. Dropping a link in the chat to Lamentum, survival horror in an endless nightmare. Uh, pixel art based, because I'm very predictable. Uh, inspired by Lovecraftian tales, draws some, uh, you know, draws some inspiration from games like Resident Evil and Alone in the Dark, and uh, looking for sixteen thousand dollars, nearly seventeen thousand uh, dollars to make it. They've got nine days left to go, and they're halfway there. So uh, halfway way. there. Whoa, living on a prayer. 
Uh, thank you. I'm here all night. Uh, so, um, uh, we've got the game. We've got the game here. The platforms they're trying to launch on for supposedly quarter two for Nintendo Switch of of sorry quarter two of 2020. So not too frightfully far away. Um, Nintendo Switch and uh, later on in 2024 PS4 and Xbox with a slightly earlier release on PC. One of their stretch goals, and they're planning on doing a Switch release. You know, definitely, but they do have a stretch goal to kind of accelerate their attempt, their timetable for the Switch release. But who knows if it'll get there? Um, if you want to get a digital copy of the game, your buy-in is fifteen dollars, and then you can get one for PC, PS4, Switch, or Xbox. You just specify which of the copies you want for when it comes out. Uh, again, quarter one for PC, quarter two for Switch, and you know, quarter presumably four for uh, PS4 and Xbox. Uh, anyway, it's got a, you know, it's got a sort of Legend of Zelda uh, viewpoint to it. Um, the sprites are gory and uh, crazy. Some of the monsters, you know, damage you by vomiting on you. Um, it is dark, it is atmospheric, and uh, some of the things that they've come up with for you to fight against are kind of terrifying. Uh, there's a nice heaping bit of zombies, a heaping bit of insanity and things that man was never meant to know style of things. And uh, multiple endings and obviously obviously a bunch of different options for, for fighting. Um, this is a type of no. game that kind of plays all the notes that I like to hear in a composition. Mr. Nice Guy, yeah? This looks good, and this is on brand, Mac. You were like, it's a Lovecraftian tale with pixelated graphics. And uh, it's, it's uh, <laughs> like, it just looks like an action yep. game. Uh, and, and it looks a lot of fun, too. Now, my only question about this is mm-hmm. have these people ever kickstarted, or not kickstarted, have they ever created a successful kickstarter before? Or made a successful game before? Not that I am aware. This mm-hmm. is their first project. It is a two-man team. Um, let's see, where is it? Uh, we've got uh, uh, Nicholas and Fran. This is out of uh, uh, you know a studio out of Spain, and uh, this is, as far as I'm aware, their first endeavor of putting a game together, and it is their first Kickstarter. So. Very good question to ask. Good thing to point at. And, and I mean, you know what? Yeah. I, I kind of already knew the answer, and not because I looked it up, but simply because they're asking for $16,000. And uh, they said 2020. So there, when did they say quarter one or quarter two? Um, Quarter one for the PC version, quarter two for the Switch version. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like with that amount of money, we're basically buying them donuts you know, for the next year, like, like paying for meals and stuff, you know? Um, but I will say the design looks really good. Uh, it kind of has an enter the gungeon feel for those of you that have played that game. It definitely gives me that vibe, um, with like a limbo, uh, you guys have played limbo, right? Like a limbo style disturbing factor, if that makes sense. Like, like people getting hit by knives and, you know, falling into pits and, and getting crushed and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of the vibe that it gives me. 
So, and yeah, I mean, Pazzi says exactly what I said in the chat. He says 16000 for a year's work. That's a minimum wage for a single person, never mind anything else. And yeah, so for a two-man team, I don't think it's feasible to get it done at this price, but I like what they've put together. I wish there was a little bit more video of yeah, the gameplay. Yeah, it, it would be nice if there was some more video. You know what would be even better, though, than some video of the gameplay? What, would be Mac? Would be a playable demo, of course, Mr. Nice Guy. And, you know, for a project that is supposed to be ready to launch on PC, quarter one, presumably January of 2019, we're only looking about six months away, I would think that it should, you know, that that there should be enough there for us to see more of the game, at the very least, or better yet, that playable demo. So I, yeah, I am agree. very skeptical Again, it's all these things coming together, things that Pazzy meant. That's one person, minimum wage for a year. Uh, you know, stuff that you mentioned that's very ambitious. And then this release date without having a demo showing that, you know, that it's that the backbone's already there makes me very skeptical that we would be seeing this in that time frame. So On, on the other hand, cool that there are multiple endings because I feel like there's not enough games that have multiple endings nowadays that are that are miniature games or that are like mm-hmm. indie type of games. Now, Hollow Knight had multiple endings, um, but a lot of games don't. They just they're pretty straightforward. They're on rails. It sounds like this one has some options, which I think is cool. One thing that I always enjoy is a game with uh, is a game with some good lore to it. You know, some lore that you can dig into if you feel so inclined. Um, certain games do it better than others, but uh, but if you're going to do a game that has a lot of lore, just my take on it. Uh, make sure that we can actually access it. There are some games that uh, that I've you know that I've heard of that's just like oh the lore is so deep, but there's no real good way to access it. And this isn't so much directed just at these guys, but just at games in general. If you're gonna talk about the lore of your game, make sure that I as a player have some way to to get at it. There there is one particular uh, reward for this part for this uh, for this Kickstarter that I would really really love, and that is there's a uh, there's a reward for getting your uh, self a pixel art portrait. Um, the minimum buy-in for something like that is uh, is about $111, which is getting close to where I might be willing to have a, you know, to drop the money on that because I do quite like the idea of having a, a headshot of me uh, done in pixel art by someone who's actually good at that instead of me making my terrible attempts on my own. I feel you, man. Well, is it time to vote? I think so. Now, those of you who are here with us for the first time, don't forget it is a kick or kick start. And feel free to, you know, lay in there what it is that you feel makes it a kick or a kick start for you. Uh, For my part, I have to say a kick because as much as I love the aesthetic, as much as I love everything about it, the lack of a playable demo and these short time frames make me much too concerned. So I say I say kick, no demo, and a plan that, you know, seems like it could go either way. Now people in the chat are saying, uh, Mutra says, Mac needs a game where you beat the game and it unlocks a demo. Indeed. Now that is a reward, Moocher. Yes, I concur. And then uh, Pazzy says, there are absolutely games I love more than the lore for, than the game. I continue to buy World of Warcraft novels and pure lore encyclopedias despite not really playing the game. 
Um, yeah, and as far as this Kickstarter goes, it's tough. Um, I really don't like scary games. Like, I remember playing Dead Space back in the day and thinking, this game is awesome, but I'm only playing it because it really, really is good. I hate that every time I go around a corner, there's a potential for a jump scare. Um, and this game obviously isn't like that, but it does have kind of a gruesome factor to it. Um, I just don't like how little money they're asking for, man. It's just mm-hmm. not feasible for them to get it done with that amount of money. And they're going to they're gonna ultimately need more, and then the game is just not going to get finished. So I got to say kick it. I got to say kick this one to the curb. Wish him the best of luck, though. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so far it seems kick is unanimous here. I mean, obviously we wish these guys the best. Uh, hopefully they do get the game made. And if and when it does, I would love to play it. It certainly piqued my interest. But secured my dollars? Eh, not so much. So good luck to you, Obscure Tales. We hope that this project is a success for you. But it's a kick for us over here on, uh, on Two Nerds in a Pod. Mr. Nice Guy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for our next segment. A segment we like to call Nerd Flex. Woohoo! A segment of the show where we do some gaming trivia. And you get to play along with us. So, Mac, we got some questions this week. They're all pretty straightforward. They're not multiple choice. They're not right or wrong. It's just ask the question, give the answer. So we'll do three or four of these and see how many of them we can get right. Now, let's start with a retro question. Uh, This one says most of us have played Atari games. Mm-hmm. But what does Atari mean? Oh, okay. What does it stand for? Um, and this is hard because it's not one you can reason through. It's either a know it or you don't. And I do not know. And and I don't. I don't know well, it either. Let's let's do the phone a friend <laughs> and let's see if people in the chat without using Google can tell us what Atari means. Yes. Now, what is the abbreviation for Atari? Well, see, and that's the or thing. Whatever. I I originally thought I bet it's like all teleporters are really interesting, or something like that. You, you see, know? me, I was gonna go like advanced technology, um, alphanumeric. Yeah, something like that. ROM integration. Yeah, exactly. That's something that I would say. Yeah, but. and I have no idea. So. Oh, Pazzy with the burn. Right now, I'm fairly sure Atari stands for inconsistent ownership. What does that even mean, Pazzy? What oh, does that because, even mean? Uh, because the company passes hands. Oh, you that's know, clever. Bought I like and that. sold. I yeah, like yeah. That. I like that, Pazzy. That's brilliant. Uh, Moocher um, thinks it's an old Japanese word to say when you beat your opponent. He said it was such confidence. Like, I don't even know how I interpreted his confidence because he's just typing it in the chat. Um, Your confidence is so powerful, Moocher. It comes through the chat, through the text at us. Okay, Bless well, you. let's let's go with what he says in old Japanese. Here's the thing, though. Was Atari made in Japan? Yeah. Okay, we'll go with what he says. Um, a word you say when you beat your opponent, which makes sense because Pong, right, was one of the first games on there. So you play Pong, and when you win, you say, Atari, beat you. Uh, if this is legit, I'm gonna start saying it to people, Mac. One on one at the YMCA basketball, win that game, Atari, bruh, Atari. <laughs> and I'll just be like, this dude needs some help. Let's see what the answer to the question is. Um, what does Atari mean? Interesting. So this says it means success. Hmm. 
so I could certainly see that being used in the context of winning a competition. So, uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe Moocher, maybe Moocher was correct in at least one context. Yeah, interesting. Huh. I'm going to have to research that some more because I'm not super familiar with that. But um, that, that'd be great. You name your company the successful company. This is the successful company. How are you doing? Well, at the successful company, we're doing quite well. That could work. Yeah, that could be what it means. So, But then maybe that'd be the same sort of pitfall of naming your children winner or loser. Huh. Well, Mac, here's one you may know, just because it's about PC games. If we don't know, we'll go to the chat. We'll do an interactive one today. Um, which PC game was delayed in the release because of a hidden picture of the developer's backside? Um... Ooh, uh, you know, I'm going to guess that this is an id software thing. You think so? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, oh, hmm. I'm it gonna say a Duke a Nukem game. game. Duke okay. Nukem. It Dude, seems on brand. That's realistic, Duke Nukem, and I'm gonna go with Grand Theft Auto 3. Okay. Because I feel okay. like if it was more recent, I would have heard about it. So I feel like yeah. it's gotta be an older game. So you say Duke Nukem, which would make sense. I'm going to go with Grand Theft Auto 3. In the chat, what do you guys think? Which game was uh, delayed because of a hidden picture of the developer's backside? Um, and just to kind of go to the last question, people are saying Atari was an American company. Good to know. Um, and I don't think anyone in the chat has an answer to the question we're on right now, Mac, as far as which game it was. So, Well, we are also operating on the in uh, the indisputable Twitch delay. We so. are, yeah, and I was just being impatient. So, <laughs> Spenis7, welcome back, Spenis. He says GTA San Andreas. Now, I don't know if GTA San Andreas was available on PC, but that could be right. Someone Halo says Aladdin. Halo 2, Aladdin. I you mean, know what? That would make sense because Disney, sometimes Disney gets a little bit crazy with some of their uh, their innuendos and things. Pazzi says Halo 2. Not sure if it was Xbox or PC, though. So we got some different answers in here, Mac. Let's read the answer unless you want to change your guess. Nope, nope. I'm sticking with it. All right. So which PC game was delayed in the release because of a hidden picture of the developer's backside? Halo 2. Halo 2. Wow. Okay, you know that was interesting in. about that. It had to have been something from a long time ago because like for it to delay the game, like nowadays if something like that happened and they caught it, they would just be like, "Come on, man, take it out." And it would be gone within like a minute. But it must have been a long time ago when getting that kind of thing out would have been a lot harder. So, anyway, interesting. Well, played Pazzy, you knew the answer, but we've been stumped. Let's uh yeah, keep it going. Let's see if we can't actually get one of these, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, let's uh, let's do one more. Okay, pressure's on. Do, 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 do. See, me, I would have gone, it's the final countdown. All right, this one's actually pretty easy, question number three. I think we both know the answer. Uh, the character Master Hands is in which game? Um, Master Hands? I think that's in Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, I believe it's a boss in, like, and if we want to get specific, I believe it's probably in multiple Smash Brothers, but I believe it first appeared in the first one, which is Super Smash Brothers 64. 
Mm-hmm. Um, final answer. If yeah, you guys disagree, answer. let us know in the chat within the next 30 seconds before you hear us say the answer. And it was Smash Brothers. So we did get that one right today, Mac. Okay, so we have. So as of yet, since we started doing the Nerdflex trivia segment, we've not yet been stumped. But remember, you could be the one who stumps us. Just be sure to send us your questions uh, in, you know, whichever form they take. We've had a few different ones that have been quite fun. But uh, you can you can get your time in the spotlight to stump Mr. Nice Guy and I. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Gmail. Mac, over to you, buddy. All right. Well, we're going to uh, talk a little legalese. Legalese. I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know... Well, first, let me give you a little bit of an update on a legalese that we talked about a while ago. That would have been the Iron Maiden lawsuit. Uh, it's been settled because the people who were making the Iron Maiden video game, no actual connection to Iron Maiden the group, have renamed their game to Ion Fury. So uh, we'll see if that's truly the end of it or if that's just the first hurdle. But uh, but we talked about it a while ago, and I like to, you know, I like to keep refreshing memory on things like these. Uh, For today's little bit of legalese, I want to uh, mention somewhat of an interesting lawsuit that's going on. Um, Niantic, the company who who has made things like Ingress and Pokemon Go, and uh, I... This is going to show off just my lack of understanding. Um, Is Niantic involved in the new Harry Potter... The Wizards Unite video I believe game? they are. Yeah, I believe okay. they are. Okay, good, good. Well, I mean, you know, silly me for not knowing off the top of my head. But uh, but anyway, uh, Niantic is suing a company called Global Plus. And, well, it's Global Plus Plus. It's got two pluses at the end of their name. Um, specifically, over some cheats that are going on in Pokemon Go. So... Um, Here's where, of course, my lack of understanding of Pokemon Go as it currently stands sits. Um, one of the things we learned from back in the day, Mr. Nice Guy, I'm talking, you know, 1992 or so, when uh, Nintendo was suing Galoob over the, you know, over the cheat device known as the Game Genie, was that a cheat device itself is not necessarily illegal. Um, but, uh, there was there are certain circumstances where um, when you don't have a kind of pass through like the you know like the game genies were doing that there's a case for infringing on intellectual property and that's sort of the route that uh, Niantic is taking it's not so much you know uh, suing on the grounds that you hey you can't cheat uh, so much as it is that it's saying that you guys are infringing on our intellectual property because the game is our property and you couldn't have cheated without making mischief with our game code uh, that you were not permitted to. Um, Now this in and of itself is not especially interesting, but I bring this up to kind of fill in my own lack of understanding on the situation. Um, Are there damages and I'm posing this to kind of everybody here um what damages do you think a company like Niantic could claim from the cheating of global plus plus 
Again, I don't know much about Pokemon Go. It's not one of the games that I've really played. Um, what sort of damages could happen to Niantic from someone cheating? Just think Game Genie style on their Pokemon Go account. Open question. I leave it to all of you. So what kind of damages could they get from someone suffer- cheating in their game? What well, kind of here, what kind of damages could they could they have sustained from the cheating? And that's you know, just well, what I don't here's, know. Here's the thing: Do they have microtransactions in the game? I don't know. Do they in Harry, Harry Potter? Oh uh, no! In in, uh, Poke- in Pokemon Go. Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, here's the thing: If a Pokemon is less rare, mm-hmm. you got less people playing the game, right? If everyone has every cool item, it's just not as fun, and there's not as many people grinding on it. So they really could see damages if it decreases playtime when other people cheat, mm-hmm. and maybe there's ad revenue that they're getting. You know, every time someone plays for 30 minutes, an ad pops up. Then it could damage them in that sense. You know, okay. financially. Now, Robo Ridley is kind enough to uh, uh, to be here with us tonight, and he has said that there are indeed microtransactions in Pokemon Go. Well, if that's the case, then it's kind of an open shut. Thing, and right? uh, and Moocher has mentioned that probably because free games like that make money from grinding and eyeballs on ads. If you farm up assets, if you don't have to farm up the assets, advertisers start to lose. We on the same page, Moocher. Mm-hmm. Good work. Mm-hmm. Now, and this, of course, naturally, I I I don't I don't disagree with with all of this. I just my lack of understanding of Pokemon Go because I did try to play it when it first came out, but. It, just didn't work with my phone and never got back into it, uh, just led me entirely unprepared to answer that question of what kinds of damages. I'm glad that you guys are here to help me uh, understand these things that I'm not aware of. But, uh, but yeah, damaging the company and the game's image due to gyms being taken over by hacked Pokemon, possibly making them impossible to beat. That's a very good point, Robo Ridley. Very good point, and one that I hadn't considered. Um, I assumed, you know, probably wrongly so, that uh, that things would be influenced by level caps. Uh, but I imagine if you could individually edit your Pokemon, you'd be able to give it with strength far and above and attack and defense far and above what anyone could get legitimately and cause trouble that way, which, to your guys' point, does bring down enjoyment from the game overall. So... Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, there are clear damages that could be established here. So, so yeah. Um, thank you again, everybody. I, I think it's an interesting one, but thank you for supplementing what I didn't know about Pokemon Go. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I had today for a little bit of legalese. Legalese. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thanks for tuning in to Two Nerds in a Pod. Now, before we wrap up, we have one last segment called What We've Been Watching and What We've Been Playing, where we talk about just that. Uh, And you have a job to do. If you're here in the chat, let us know right now the stuff you've been watching this past week, the YouTube videos you've been YouTubing, the Netflix stuff you've been Netflixing, and the movies you've been watching, and whatever stuff you've been watching on... uh, wherever also the games you've been playing because we're always looking for cool nerdy stuff to get into so i'll lead off mac i saw spider-man this week um it was great far from home far from home yeah the new one and it was great i really really enjoyed it uh have you seen it yet i have not but i'm very much looking forward to seeing it well let me tell you what happened no i'm just kidding (laughs) the look on your face was priceless 
Like, is he really going to do this? Is he really going to spoil this movie for me right now live on Two Nerds in a Pod on Twitch? No, I wouldn't do that. Um, it, it's a good movie. I'll leave it at that, man. Peter Parker's in it. Um, and you know you know the rest. Uh, so saw that. Uh, been watching Disney movies, dog. Been all about that Disney uh, with the kids. And as far as games that I've been playing, I just played the new DLC for The Messenger, uh, which is called Picnic Panic. And I thought it was a bite-sized piece of DLC. It was free, though, so I wasn't upset that it was short. Uh, and I, had a really, I really had a lot of fun with it. You know, I don't really have any desire to be a completionist and go back and play and collect all the stuff. I beat the bosses. I beat the game. I'm done with it. But it's a lot of fun. And I recently downloaded a robot named Fight, which if anyone has not played that game, it's like 2 bucks on the Nintendo Switch right now. So if you like Metroidvanias, uh, you might want to go check that game out. And then I've been doing my Overwatch streams and Apex Legends. And that's pretty much it for me, Mac. How about you? Uh, well, Mrs. The Mac and I, we watched through all of Stranger Things Season 3. We basically just, you know, stuck it uh, in our veins as an IV and took it all in in just a couple of nights. Um, had a good time with that. We also have been watching a Netflix series... Uh, a show that is on Netflix called Good Girls, um, featuring Christina Hendricks, Retta, and, oh, I'm always forgetting the name of the third lady, but uh, I remember her best from being Anne on uh, Arrested Development. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's been, it's been pretty good. Nice. Uh, not, a, not exactly what I was expecting, and I'm still a little bit on the fence about it, but... But it's pretty good as far as that goes. Uh, as for what I've been, uh, that's what just what I've been watching. Um, not really much apart from that. Uh, what I've been playing, though, playing plenty of tabletop RPGs, you know, Dungeons Noice. and Dragons and the Noice. like. Um, and uh, playing Chasm. I still show up most days to do the daily and weekly challenges on that game. Uh, also, just a a little bit of uh, a little bit of Stardew Valley every so often in order to try and finally 100% that game. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching, what I've been playing. Nice. Now we got some people in the chat. Mac, why don't you tell us what the people have been into? Sure. So, uh as for playing, we've got uh let's see, some Super Mario Maker 2, MLB the Show, Celeste, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, um Marvel Ultimate Alliance is coming out this Friday. Uh, good to know. Uh, let's see. We've got... What else have we got playing? Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Devil May Cry 5, Call of Duty Black Ops, Resident Evil 7 on PSVR. It's low resolution, but incredibly immersive. Ooh, that sounds terrifying. Uh, Tetris Effect also on PSVR, which is amazing. Thanks for the tip, Galvatron, there. And for what folk are watching, we've got some Stranger Things Season 3. Pazzy is warning us away from Star Trek Discovery Season 2. While it is better than Season 1 and has a few moments of feeling like actual Star Trek, it continues to be a poor, fairly poor show overall with lackluster characters and writing and plotting, which makes little sense. Thank you for letting us know not to waste our time. Uh, we've got some more people with Spider-Man Far From Home and Toy Story 4, uh, along with a little bit of Twitch and YouTube. Uh, Shazam. Uh, I've 
that's on my list, Galvatron. Shazam is on my list. Mine too. I didn't get to see that in theaters. Yeah, I think I need to rent it uh, yeah, and, and watch it. Yeah, let's red box it. Um, Designated Survivor, 60 Days. Is Great a, show. Based Designated off, Survivors is killer. Well, Designated Survivor, 60 Days is a Korean show based oh. off of the U.S. show about an unqualified minister suddenly becoming Korean president due to a tragedy and how he deals with the resulting issues from the tragedy. And you know what? Sounds like a political drama I can get behind especially because it it is really you want to talk about being based off of a US show it's based off of Star Trek Voyager mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah that's about uh, that's about what folk have been watching and playing and thank you for sharing those nerdy recommendations with us when we're done with what we're working on we're going to be going back to these things so that we can enjoy them just as you've enjoyed them I'm excited to get into Bloodstained uh, but I heard that it's pretty dang buggy on the Switch Mm. So we'll have to wait wait for that. Now, Mac, another piece of feedback we got last week is that we need to do like a post-show. We end too abruptly. So we got to talk for like five minutes. We get to talk for like five minutes after the show just mm. to wrap things up for the people, answer questions, take photos, do all that stuff that celebrity Twitch celebrities do. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, sure. So if you got um, five minutes, we'll wrap up and then we'll do that. We'll yeah, let me, just, let me just get this selfie out. Uh-huh. Bam. Yep. Hashtag okay. Max Selfie. Anyway, Hashtag ladies and blessed. gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to episode number 109 of Two Nerds in a Pod. We'll keep talking after we end the podcast. Um, if you enjoyed what you saw, please go to iTunes. We're on Spotify now too, right, Mac? Mm-hmm. Yep, we're on Spotify. I'm slowly getting us onto all of the platforms. Yeah, go to Spotify. Uh, check us out on Android. Check us out everywhere. We got some YouTube videos up too. Leave a like, leave a rating, share it with your friends. Let them know about this awesome community we have here. We'll be back next week. Same bat place, same bat time, same bat lives. Keep it nerdy, y'all. Deuces. Say bye, Mac. See ya.